Hello and welcome to the Celtic Women's Football Show. I am your host, Claire Wilde, and we're back and it's a sunny day. Uh, we're recording on the morning that this is going out as well. And I'm joined by Lorenzo Pacitti. How are you, Lorenzo? Good morning. Uh, I'm really good. Um, lots of like fun, exciting uh, Celtic news to talk about. So it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we're, I think, you know, feeling pretty positive today and... I mean, have you, first of all, before we get down to the brass tacks and talk about specifics, you've had a generally good week. It has. It was a good Celtic weekend. Yes, overall. generally good week. Um, we say it kind of every every time we've done a January show. January is so just football. It's Celtic dependent. You know, January's yeah. <laughs> there's nothing January. else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a rubbish month anyway. Um, it's a long month. Everything feels a bit drawn out. But the only thing you've got is lots of football. So you need Celtic to be doing well, and thankfully they are. Yeah, yeah, they are, which is great. Um, other things you've got, the, you've got your cat back living with you. That's exciting. Uh huh. Yeah, she moved to uh, my girlfriend's um, aunt's uh, about seven months ago when I moved in this new flat, um, and she loves it there. It's like a palace for her. She is spoilt rotten, uh, but she's away for a few months, so she's back. The lodger is back in my house. Um, <laughs> there is a lot of hair. She's to deal very with. not she's as a, much as it used to be. She's a real fluff. But what's her name again? Peggy. She's a real fluff. We, she, oh yeah, of course I should know that because ours is Peggy as well. But she's very adorable. I'm very happy for you. Um, in non-cat related and non-other Celtic related news, we made some signings, Lorenzo. I know. Isn't that strange? That's good, isn't it? I mean, one of them was super like, I think we maybe knew that it might be coming, but you know, the later it gets in the day and you're thinking, nah, maybe not. Um, but we got one of them really late yesterday, um, which was Molly Plas Plasman from SC Sand. Uh, and we've got Natasha Tash Flint from Leicester on loan. Um, what are your initial thoughts on these signings? Um, Molly Plasman, I have found it very difficult to kind of find much on. Yep, really? me too. <laughs> um, like to a kind of worrying extent that I don't know if it's some sort of, we've been, you know, I don't know, the team have been emailed here, do you want the striker and they've fallen for some sort of scam? Uh, but she, I don't know, you know, it's exciting to have forwards in. Um, Natasha Flint comes with such a, a, like a bevy of experience at the top level. Yeah. You know, she's not like some super famous football player or anything, but she's been playing in the top level of English women's football for a long time. Yeah. Um, and in the kind of infancy of women's football up here, to have that level of experience will really, really tell. Um, and we saw it even with strikers we had coming in from the championship who uh -huh. kind of played at that level for a long time. Yeah. Well, even, yeah, even players like Lucy coming in and just being able to just get stuck straight in. Yeah. More, you know, any, any signing of a professional player um, is, you know, kind of a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, and Natasha Flint comes with so much experience. She's got a couple of wonder goals on YouTube as well. Yeah. Um, and a lot of physicality, you know, she's, she seems really powerful. Um, seems like a good pro. I think the response I saw on Twitter to her coming here on loan from fans of her team where maybe she's been in and out the side down there so it wasn't like they didn't expect it but they were sad to see her go, they were wishing mm -hmm. her a lot of good luck, mm -hmm. they thought she would tear up up here. So it seems like a really good signing, all things considered. Yeah, it, the, the impression I got was that maybe she wasn't getting as much game time as she might have liked and obviously she is liked by fans and stuff. She's she's 26 so she's kind of a, a really good age, like you said, she's got a lot of experience behind her as well and not like I don't want I was just gonna say I don't want to use the phrase something to prove but I guess that is something that kind of springs to mind that coming up here is an opportunity for her to kind of make a mark on something and you know if we can take 
players like her and make an a real push to win the league, then that's going to be good for everyone involved, isn't it? So as a loan move, it is a loan move. That's a, I think it's a really good one because also because it's a loan, we know that we're not allowed to get too attached. <laughs> yeah, and she's also going from, you know, I think Leicester are, are kind of scrapping at the bottom of the, SWP, the WSL. Or they're, they're, not the, they're not the furthest up. Yeah, um, I don't think they've had a great run. To bring herself into, you know, a title contending team must be exciting for her. Again, with the experience she's got to play for trophies now mm-hmm. uh, is an exciting prospect and one I'm sure she's going to relish. Yeah. Um, and Molly, like you said, I struggled to find a lot about her as well. But Fran did say in the statement that Celtic put out that they'd been watching her for a couple of years. They've basically had their eye on her for a long time. And to bring be able to bring her in as our player, she's... A, She's a Danish player. She's been playing at SC Sand, which is the team that Kathleen McGovern went to when mm. she went to Germany. Um, so, you know, there's obviously a bit of a relationship there. And she, you know, Fran said she's been watching the game. She knows how this team wants to play. She knows how Fran wants to play. So, again, with that experience, she's 25, hoping that she can fit straight in and make an impact really quickly. And again, you know the fact that they both of these are very explicitly forward players that's something that we haven't really you know Fran's big on signing these players that can kind of do a couple of things or they're kind of wingers who can play in the midfield or wingers who can play up front or kind of are they a midfielder or a defender sort of players <laughs> but these it feels like these are very explicitly players who are here to score goals yeah, and I think that's really exciting. And it's kind of what we need. I mean, we've got players scoring goals for fun. You know, we've got Amy scoring goals like mad. But then you have those games like that, that um, the two points we dropped the other week. It's like you can go on these goal scoring runs. We can have these brilliant wide players and, and kind of number 10s that can pop up with goals. Sometimes you just need a striker. You mm-hmm. need a focal point. You need somebody who's going to not touch the ball the whole game and, and then tap it in in the 80th minute. Um, and I think with Natasha Frame, Natasha Frame, Natasha Flint's frame and her experience and kind of her style in particular, that is something we've been missing. Yeah. Um, and it's something that should kind of bed in quite nicely to the way the team is right now. And I think, as you say, with the age and the profile and two strikers, these are strikers, it's very much aimed at an immediate impact. These aren't mm-hmm. signings that we're going to need to see. You know, maybe we'll see a bit more of them next summer or whatever. It's just, this is, we're in a league title challenge. We are so close to the top. We need to just get, you know, put we need a, a starting eleven kind of complete. There's a jigsaw piece missing, and it's a striker. Put, put sort of a wee rocket booster for the rest of the second half of the season. Yeah. Something to bring us on a bit. Yeah, it, it's really exciting for me. I'm really looking forward to seeing them play. I'm looking forward to seeing how quickly Fran puts them into the side as well. And like you say, we have got players scoring goals already. You know, in the top four goals, top four or five that. Um, the SWPL put out as a graphic you know it's Jacinta's on 13 Clarissa Boohoo is on 12 and like Amy's coming up behind we, Celtic are scoring a lot of goals we're scoring we've scored the most goals in the league so far this season and if we can keep doing that and shore up our defence then hopes are high I would say yeah it's, it's not even so much about the you know we're not a team that struggles to score goals but in big, tight, close games like we saw Rangers and City nil nil, mm. we can't really we can't really afford nil nils when you're chasing the league. Uh, you want to be that team that steps up and and snatches a win, and it's kind of strikers that do that. And if there's no better way to kind of give yourself a chance to do that than signing two, you know, mm. on deadline day and seeing if one of them can make up a big impact. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, the I was just I, I don't know whether you'd noticed anything that you wanted to bring up because obviously we've been keeping an eye really closely on Celtic transfers and what's going to be happening in and out and what's been happening across the rest of the league. I haven't noticed a huge amount of activity. I mean, Glasgow City a while ago signed the um, South African, I think, player. Um, Rangers haven't had a lot of activity at all. Glasgow girls, women and girls seem to be bringing in players left, right and centre last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, which is kind of, I was kind of pleased to see it. It was like, obviously they're going, right, well, how are we going to do this? How are we going to um, either stick around in this league, make a play for being able to stick around in this league or make sure that we're contending to come back next season. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, Glasgow Girls is, is a fun one because I think, I mean, I think they are, I mean, they are on zero points. I think they are resigned to going back down, but it's about future planning. You know, who knows what with, happens after the split? <laughs> yeah, who knows? They're, they're, you know, they're a team with, I think, um, they've got a good wee community set up and they've got a young coach and he seems very enthusiastic. Uh, yeah. So I think they are maybe future planning about to come straight back up. You've got to kind of, when teams go down, there's that parachute element of it where you really have to kind of, dig in and make sure you don't just now get stuck down there. Mm. It happens a lot in English football in particular. Um, but I think with, with Rangers, it surprised me because they lost some key players as well. And they've clearly felt the effect of that just because they haven't been, you know, they've dropped points on four occasions this season, which is not, you know, anything close to what they were doing last season. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit interested in that. Maybe, you know, we, we always wondered how they would spend so much more than us. Is it just a commitment thing? Is the money kind of run out? Is money being sent elsewhere? Who knows? Who knows? They've got a couple of injuries of big, you know, like the Jane Ross injury and stuff as well. So they're waiting for them to come back. You know, they had that interest in a a couple of players from down south as well, which would maybe I meant some money, but Mm. obviously the money's not so insane. Um, It's going to make these transfers obvious. But City's signing of that South African girl piqued my interest. I thought that looked like a really good signing. That looked like a good move just based on what I could see. Um, and they are in a position of strength, maybe not quite where we thought they would be. You know, they look even stronger as the season goes on. Um, but good to see us proactively fill in gaps that we've that we've lost with uh, Larissa. And good to see Jacinta not going. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. We ha- I hadn't put that on the rundown, but like I obviously had focused on the ones we'd brought in. <laughs> I guess in a way we should focus as well on the ones we haven't lost, which is Jacinta basically. A couple of other things I wanted to talk about before we go on to talk about the Hearts game. Um, Maria McInerney being called up for the Scotland under-19s. That was a nice little bit of news to see, wasn't it? I mean, you look at our squad and there's not a huge number of young players eligible to play for Scotland, but I think we would pick her if we had to, if we would t- asked who, who we thought might be someone who could make an impact in that side and kind of come up through the national setup. Yeah, she's getting rewarded, you know, for the last two seasons, the kind of effort she's put into rising up the estimations of the Celtic coaching staff, now being part of the team, being part of starting 11 quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw, I think when Tegan went on her best run with us a season or two ago, when she got her Scotland call up, it was all, you know, these things do follow suit, I think, in the in the women's game here because it's quite a close-knit um, league and the Scottish players are all pretty domestically based, I would say the elite ones. Uh, so it's good to see her kind of getting rewarded for that and hopefully it just kind of, I think sometimes international call-ups really do kick players on a bit. You know, mm. it's like, a, this is very real now, I need to really bed in and I need to take my chances while I'm in the spotlight. And yeah. I think Maria might embrace that. 
Great. Well, good to see, it would be good to see how she does. Um, and the other thing was we got the fixture change for the, um, Rangers game. So it doesn't clash with the League Cup final. We haven't talked. I, I was checking the date of when that came out and I don't know if it's just that this week feels really long. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, that news did come out after we recorded last week, didn't it? I think so. I yeah. mean, it's, it's amazing news. I'm not to be. I think we talked about it, or was it just me and you talked about it? Off Maybe, week? yeah, we might have done. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's talk about it again. It's a it's a good bit of news. It makes absolute sense. And Friday night football is a lovely yes. thing to see. Finally, finally, the SWPL powers listened to Lorenzo Pacitti on the podcast. And well, there you go. Friday Your influence knows no bounds. <laughs> I think. I just honestly, I think maybe this is good. That maybe this will be a a show of that. I just think Friday night football for the Glasgow derbies. Um, with there being three Glasgow teams at the top, is just such an obvious win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Not at Celtic Park, but we'll take yeah, what, that is, that we'll take we'll take what we can get. And I think that that the fact that it's not going to be, I, I was just like, it has. They have to change it. it cannot clash because it's just too much. Yeah. Um, so that's fantastic news, and glad that they've listened to what people wanted. Um, so let's go and talk about the game at the weekend. We played Hearts. We knew it was going to be a tougher test because Hearts have been really um, kind of slowly, almost not not imperceptibly, but it's just that they, they've had such a steady increase in their quality. It's not like they've suddenly made a huge impact. It's just suddenly it's like, oh, Hearts are actually really good. <laughs> um, we know that they've got a really good coach in Ava Oled. So it was going to be a tougher test. How did you feel beforehand with all that prior knowledge? Definitely a lot more nervous than usual. Um, you know, I would still expect this other team to win, but you know, people don't beat Hearts at home this mm-hmm. season. You know, it just doesn't seem to happen. Um, and as you say, we've all we've kind of noticed every week. We've there's been a little mention to Hearts improvement or how Hearts have played against Rangers or whatever. Um, so this game has been on. You know, I've had my eye on it for the one that we need to be careful we don't drop points in. Obviously, we mm-hmm. dropped points in a sillier game earlier in the month. Uh, but this is the one you would have thought if there was going to be anywhere, there was a real chance it could happen yeah. um, at the Orium. But uh, yeah, definitely a wee bit nervous. You're always pretty confident in Celtic. But um, yeah, I think I, I think it played out exactly as we kind of thought it would as well. I think we mm. were in for a real test. Yeah. Um, you said no one had beaten them. They were unbeaten at home so far this season. The only one of the kind of teams above them that had been there before us was Rangers, who had um, been held to that nil-nil draw. Um, which I think everyone was surprised by, but also like increasingly not surprised. And you, you talk about it being a tough place to go and the conditions as well on the day, you know, it was so, we uh, we weren't there, but you could tell from <laughs> reports from on the ground that I was getting and also just watching it on the TV, it just looked, it was so windy and so cold. Well, we, we used to moan about K-Park. Uh, Orium for, you know, being a nice training centre and, kind of a you know a good a good setup for them it is it might as well be a public park how open it is like yeah. there's no coverage or anything so when k-park used to get that kind of tornado wind um you could see it and on the tv at the orium as well it just seems like a kind of nightmarish place to play to play football particularly when you're you're struggling so i think the early goals were big in those mm. kind of conditions yeah a really good team at home really solid really composed I think not getting an early goal, that could have been a really, really tough game. Yeah, you could see that some of the mistakes that were being made sort of on the byline and stuff were to do with the 
conditions and the weather and that you know things just weren't behaving as players were expecting them to so it was tough we got a result we won 2-1 and I think you know Lisa Robertson afterwards did the interview with Celtic TV and said sometimes you just have to grind out those results and you just have to have the belief and say we've got to get through you know once we'll, we'll, we'll go through the game and we'll talk about the goals but we got ours as you said reasonably early on in, in quick succession so we kind of had that slight buffer before half time and then then but you know always when they get their goal and they you know they look like a team who could do more than score one goal but um what did you think before we talk in more detail about that about the lineup let's go through it Pamela Tachonar in goals, of course. Claire O'Riordan, Kelly Clark, Caitlin Hayes, Olivia Chance, Lisa Robertson. We had both Shens, Monu and Monlu. We had Jacinta, Natalie Ross and Amy Gallagher. Yeah, I mean, no start for Kerner. Again, I mean, I'm selfish, you know, you get a new signing, you want to see him play. Kerner on the bench, yeah. Yeah. Um, Lou continuing, you know, to be a kind of must start right now, which is really exciting. I think that is a real change from kind of where I was on her about a month ago. Yeah. Uh, which is really fun, and then chance back is huge yeah. because she's such a good football player. And to have a, you know, to see it in a starting lineup, live chance Lisa Roberts and Natalie Ross, it's fun for me. I think that's really fun. a really tough, a really composed. Uh, it just gives you so much to have those three in the same pitch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I totally agree with that. And you know, we've got used to seeing Chloe Ridd and coming into that back three on a regular basis as well. The subs were Chloe Craig, Olivia Ferguson. Tegan Bowie, Tyree Birchill, um, you had Taylor Otto, Hannah Kerner, Maria McKenney, and Claire Goldie. But like I did think we might see Hannah come off the bench, but not to be this time. We've got yeah. a lot lot of new players to make their first appearance on the bench. I mean, then saying that, that would have been a you know, a baptism of fire as far as tough appearances oh, yeah, go for you. Absolutely. Your first start in those conditions as well. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I'm I was happy with that. Like I was going to mention those midfield three as well. Just to, a real, you know, especially in a game like that where it was going to be tough, the conditions were going to be tough, and a bit of experience was probably required to kind of keep a cool head and be able to capitalize on that kind of psychology that we know that the team has. I think it they needed players like that on the pitch to be able to kind of buff sort of buffer up that confidence. Um, the overall performance of the Celtic side. Um, really good first half. Second half, I think, as as Lisa said, it was just a lot of dig. Um, it's a lot of not quite surviving. I wouldn't say we were under the cosh, but I thought Hearts were the much better side. Uh, but mainly because they had you know they had to come out and play. Yeah. Um, I thought Celtic dug in, you know, defended quite well in general, apart from set pieces. Um, and were quite solid, and and I think they saw the game out without much you know, pizzazz and without being too comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they did well. I think and it's one of those games in hindsight, you see the conditions, the quality of the team. Um, that's a good win. And it's a really good second half to not drop points, frankly. But first half, they looked, they looked really good. I like the way they kind of came out. Um, I think Hearts are playing with a lot of confidence at home. So to make them uncomfortable from the start, yeah. you know, don't let them settle in and think, well, this is going to be a competitive game. It turned out to be a competitive game. We now know Hearts are going to give all three of us a competitive game, uh, but you need to kind of squash that as quick as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had a couple of really good chances before the goals came as well, and we were it was kind of all uh, all kind of looking like we were going to be the first to score. But um, let's talk about our goals that came 
The first goal comes at 28 minutes and it's scored by Jacinta. Do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, I think we started putting quite a lot of pressure on Hearts, um, led by kind of Natalie Ross, like a little bit higher than usual as well, which was fun um, to kind of not let Hearts get too encouraged. Uh, and when the ball kind of does break, Natalie was picking up a lot and driving yes. forward with it. She played the same through ball to Amy Gallagher like 10 times in that first half, mm-hmm. um, which we love. I think that's such a, again, a feature of Fran Onslow's teams. We've always had players that suit it. Um, if we can get players running off the last defender, we are, you know, in. We've got players kind of in support. So you know, you know, when you're like, it's that thing where you know when you're rewatching a game and you're kind of scrubbing through like forwards and backwards to kind of rewatch bits or kind of go back to something that's happened. And it's when Natalie Ross was doing that so much that I was getting confused as to where I was because I was like, it looked the same. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's fun when you see players in certain positions in this team. It's like a it's like a job description. It's not so much, you know, go out and play football. It's right. When you get the ball, your, your head is up looking for this pass, mm. which is really fun. I think it's a really good way to play football. Um, so Ross plays that through a ball to Amy, who's always off the last defender. Again, not what we kind of thought her game was at the beginning of the season, but she's really made it her own. Um, who gets by two players, one-on-one with the keeper, uh, and really unselfishly switches it to Jazz, who I don't think was expecting it, uh, <laughs> mainly because of the goal-scoring form Amy's been on. But yeah. Not the best first touch, but she manages to, to get in. I think whoever was on commentary said that, well, it was either commentary or the highlights. Someone said, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a striker pass the ball across like that when they're in that position. I don't know if anyone expected Amy to put it across to Jacinta, but the fact that she did is shows how much kind of presence of mind she's got in the box. Yeah, it was definitely the right decision. And something we really like about Amy Gallagher is her decision making, which a lot of the time is... Uh, you know, fastest route to goal. So that's why she does take a lot of shots and it is kind of out of character. She didn't shoot that because we like that if she's in the box, she feels she can turn and shoot. She doesn't piss about. Or if she's outside the box. <laughs> or, if she's, or if she's 30 yards out. But I, that that was the correct decision, all things considered. Um, yeah, I just think, I just think Jacinta wasn't quite expecting it, but she's got a great, you know, she's got great ability. So even with a mistouch, she manages to get on the end of it. Just a wee reflex to get it in the goal. <laughs> um, so, and it was only a couple of minutes before uh, Lou scored the second. Again, we've already mentioned she her performances have just picked up tremendously. Um, the ball comes across from Jacinta um, and Lou just takes on the two hearts defenders, doesn't she? She's sort of got this fearless forward movement about her um, <clears throat> and then realises the moment. It's that kind of, for me, the mo- realising the moment it's like sort of that now or never moment that yep. you, you see so often get missed and she just takes it and absolutely grabs it. And it's not it's not perfect because it doesn't kind of go beautifully and squarely into the goal. It kind of comes off the inside of the post, but it goes in and it, it's fantastic. Yeah, she's such an instinctive player, even in her dribbling or shooting everything. Yeah, lose, you know, she, she sees space and an opportunity in the moment to weave her way through to defenders and she goes for it and I think she's at her best when she doesn't think twice yeah um and she she trusts her ability but even the way you know when she goes by players it's almost like she goes by them at the very last second you know it's like she's acting on instinct constantly um and the same with the finish as you said it's like there's a space there I'm gonna go for it mm. and, it, and it goes it goes right on off the post it's perfect yeah. it doesn't look as elegant maybe um <laughs> But she she has that kind of ability to just take her chances, um, and she's just on fire right now with this kind of 
having like a, a pre- the presence of mind to see there's a chance, see there's a little bit of space, see two yeah. defenders are on their heels and go at them. And that's kind of ideal for the kind of team we are as well. Some need to break through those last, the last kind of lines of a defensive team. She seems to be kind of essential for us now, right now. Yeah, it feels like that's her place to lose at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, which again is a huge turnaround. And I think with new forwards coming in and stuff like that, there's going to be a fight for positions. Um, and it's going to be really exciting to kind of see players compete, I think, up the top because we, we're definitely not unhappy with how it's going. You know, the the team's playing well, scoring goals, creating chances, bringing two new forwards in. And we've got players like Ferguson on the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Tegan Bowie on the bench. It's like, who is going to, you know, demand their, their starting place? And yeah, as you say, it's it's uh, Ming Lu's right now. Um, so we're at half time, we're 2-0 up, which is fantastic considering that Hearts, I think towards the second half of the first half, I could sort of almost, I was like, I was worried. I could, I could feel a Hearts goal coming, you know, when you've got that just feeling in your bones. Yep. Um, and then, of course it did very quickly <laughs> into the second half. Um, talk us through their goal and kind of how that, how that happened. How, how did that happen? I mean, there's a, it's a well picked out pass, um, a kind of cross field ball. There's a lot of bad defending in this in this kind of sequence um, because there is a Hearts player. Um, who did it score? What was the name? Sorry, is it? Um, the Edmund? name? Uh, Smith. Jenny Smith. Right. So, so she is wide open um, at the, the kind of back post. Um, again, we commit fullbacks forward and stuff, so it's about the centre has being aware of that. Uh, but it's defended well enough that when the ball has tried to switch to her, it does kind of go straight for O'Riordan. She's in a great position. Mm-hmm. Between the wind and the rain and maybe overthinking it and trying to direct it somewhere, she loses the flight of the ball a little bit yeah. and it skips off the top of her head. Um, and the heart striker does really well to kind of get latch onto it uh, and kind of buries it in the near post. I was going to say Pam would maybe be annoyed at being beaten at her near post, but it is kind of battered past her and... Uh, she's not got too much of a chance. It's a bit tough, but yeah. well, a well taken goal. But I know a wee bit of an O'Riordan slack error. But I think the conditions play a big part in that. Yeah, and also the ball in from Georgia Timms. That long ball um, was just absolutely perfectly weighted for Jenny to take, wasn't it? You know, yeah. from them that was a really good. They did really well to 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 sort of pull that off, and like you said, mate, thinking about Pam being able to save that. I mean, she's only scored. We've only scored conceded what like three goals this season yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not about to criticize <laughs> short stopping ability she's shown. um so then it's 2-1 and i think you know seeing out the rest of the game there was sort of moments where it looked like either side could maybe do something um but that it was a bit of a gritty kind of fight to the whistle and it was one of those games that you absolutely just wanted to be done and you're kind of just gritting your teeth and going, can we just, can this just be over now? <laughs> it was, it's a, I think it was a horrible game as the team hanging on. I think for, if you're a Hearts fan, you'd been quite encouraged that the second half was going, disappointed you didn't get in out of the game. Yeah. If you're neutral, I think it was quite a, like one of those battling games that is fun to watch. You know, it's very much like on a knife edge, very tense, but also a lot of action and a lot of kind of, tough play in the middle of the park. Chances for both teams, the bad conditions meant it was quite open, but they also meant it was tough to kind of get on the end of anything. Yeah. Uh, so a really open game and, and quite a kind of tough and, and hard game to watch, but it's one of the ones when you survive, you know, if we look back at the end of the season, 
if we get second, if we get first, that is a huge game for us to have not dropped points on. Yeah, first first side to take points off hearts at home as well is a nice little thing to have done in terms of just putting a, a mark in the ground. Um, yep. Standout performances from Celtic? Would, who, would you have a player of the match? Was there someone who you thought really stood out for you? Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say every week, I really do think Jacinta in the first half, she just does look like on another level right now. Um, she was creating kind of our best opportunities. Uh, second half, like the game in general, I don't know if there's a standout, but just because it was a lot of really hard work and good work and you can kind of credit the whole midfield and the, oh. and the defence for that in particular. Um, but in terms of kind of box office standout, I think it was just Antagon for me. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, she is kind of our box office player, isn't she? I think the other player we've already mentioned her for me that I would have wanted to just make mention of was Natalie Ross just because I think yeah. she had a fantastic game and sometimes those <clears throat> players that we talk about in the midfield go uncredited with the way that they allow the ball to move through to the sort of more flashy players like Jacinta who, not to take away from the fact that absolutely she runs the show when she gets the ball <laughs> we, used, we used to kind of joke about when Natalie Ross comes back it's like a new signing like the cliche ha 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 but oh my god it has been you know this season she we talked so long about how sad we were going to be if we lost Harks you know how how do you replace Harks how do you replace that kind of quality um Tyler Tolan going it just looked like there was going to be a gap in that midfield um but Ross coming back to full fitness she just looks like you know exactly the player she was before injury if not better well I was going to say like there was there was a bit of concern I don't I'm sure that other people had it like with her age and the length of the break that she had with her injury I just thought is this going to work her coming back like is she going to be being able to sort of fire on and it's just it's been so good it is like it is a new player and a new signing and I'm just really here for it it's great um so anything I don't know can we learn from anything going into the Rangers game or other fixtures I think that probably the unique conditions that was played under the fact it was one of those games that you just needed to get a result in at the end of the day maybe there isn't a huge amount to learn from but would would there be anything that you would take away from it um I think these games will give the coaching staff anyway who will be analyzing it you know over the piece um a clear indication of who suits these kind of bigger more competitive maybe tougher less open uh derbies and big fixtures I think maybe this is the closest kind of competitive game we're going to get to like a tight Rangers game, a tight mm-hmm. Glasgow City game. Um, and we weren't, you know, on the ball as much in the second half. We weren't in the ascendancy. We're like that. We're going to be like that against City and against Rangers at times. So I think it's almost like a good approximation of those games, like a, a curtain raiser for them. So I think the, the coaching staff have learned a lot. I do think that is probably very close to our best starting 11. Mm-hmm. Um like there's, there's. I like to see if Kerner could kind of make that right wing back spot hers by the time the Rangers and City games roll around, just because you kind of want a natural player in those positions. Um, but apart from that, you know, it's, it's tough to argue that's not our top best starting eleven right now, and we'll see if Flint can kind of crack it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going into a game next against Aberdeen. Uh, it's back at home. They are ninth in the table. Um, a kind of very different proposition from the Hearts team that we played last weekend. And I think there'll be some confidence having taken the result on Sunday. Um, 
you know, how much of a threat are they? We have to we have to take every team seriously, of course. We we cannot and we have dropped points against teams like Aberdeen in the past. Yeah, it's um they have a couple of players who always kinda of stand out uh, and who have seemingly been in good form. But at the end of the day we need to come out, treat them with no respect. I think it's <laughs> it's almost the same with the hearts thing. It's just I think when you're the, the much better side and the, the much more favoured side, you have to make that count in the first twenty minutes. You can't let teams build up any kind of confidence against you. There has to be a fear factor. Um, with it being at home as well and stuff, it's like just go out, do your job, take a chance in the first twenty minutes, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry. Uh, I don't really think this team, particularly defensively, has much slackness in them and complacency. I think the complacency has come just from not quite getting on the end of things in these games where we've dropped points. Um, you know, we didn't really, uh, we didn't talk about it too much, but the set piece defending in the Hearts game, I thought was shocking. Yeah, yeah. Um, particularly for that heart school to get disallowed. Um, it felt really. We've been so good in mm-hmm. playing our set pieces and defending set pieces that it was a bit like, what's going on here? Yeah, and set pieces are the one you know leveler in football uh, when a ball's lumped in the box. But I just I was watching the TV and I like I knew the result. I watched I watched the game back actually after the result. That's when I saw it for the first time in full. And even though I knew you know, that we didn't get beat. I was screaming at the TV for somebody to, to mark at the back post, to Mark Brownlee. And, you know, after she she scores the goal that's disallowed, or sorry, she sets up the goal that's disallowed. Yeah. Again, angle's not great in the telly, but maybe <laughs> a smidge offside. Um, almost immediately, like, the next chance is her completely unmarked at the back post and it's cleared off the line. Yeah. This is just, it, it seemed like uh, schoolboy stuff where you're, you would expect everyone in the sidelines to be screaming, but... There must be some sort of um, instruction given there to kind of crowd the middle of the box, but twice it was nearly a goal. Yeah, luckily it wasn't. That worries me against any team. (laughs) Hopefully we can fix that. I do think there's analysis that I think they will be very aware of that and that will have been being worked on this week, hopefully. Um, Going into the Aberdeen game, like you say, the names that kind of... I stick out for me. I, I'm not hugely familiar with this Aberdeen team. Bailey Hutchison has always, you know, she's their highest goal scorer. She's always a threat. Hannah Stewart, I noticed because she was nominated for player of the month alongside Amy Gallagher, because I think she's scored a couple of goals in a couple of games, which is really good. Um, so maybe one to watch. And also the fact that they're, they've got a very young goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I think she's 18 and she's kind of seemed to have taken the number one spot from Alia. Jay Meach, who we were always very complimentary about in previous games. Yeah, that is interesting because she is one of the keepers. There's maybe a handful of keepers that we always point out um, as being of, of good quality in this league. So that is a surprise. There's, I'm wondering if there's going to come a time where I think to, to kind of raise the level of this league up, weirdly, I don't know if like sharing the wealth helps, if you know what I mean. I feel like there needs to be a, a hearts and hibs rise before the rest of the league can kind of come up to that level. So you wonder if players who stand out at the bottom of the table, like a Billy Hutchison, uh, when we'll start seeing them move to Hearts, them move to yeah, Hibs. Yeah, you know, yeah. We don't really see too much of that right now. Um, and again, it's because we're usually waiting for contract expiries and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but that is something I've always had in my mind. You know, when will that day come? And I feel like Hearts just have a lot going for them right now. Um, and you wonder what they'll do in the summer. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, yeah, I'm not like 
I'm not too worried, but I, I also don't want to say that because I don't want to jinx anything. Um, they will also have played Rangers in the week. They're playing them this evening. This is recording on the Wednesday. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a heavy, heavy week for them. So they might be coming in a little bit fatigued as well. Two of the biggest teams in the league having to face them in the same week. It's not ideal for them. <laughs> no, I think it's a, a nightmare for them, really. Um, and we have to take advantage of that again. And, you know, hopefully Rangers... You know, they get, um, Aberdeen get their 100% out against Rangers. Yes. And then maybe <laughs> keep, them to, keep them to just a couple of goals or maybe a draw. And then start to go out and hammer them on Sunday. Because looking at that league table, which I'm sure we'll talk about, goal difference could not be more crucial. It could not be more crucial. <laughs> the game is again on Alba, which is great. It's going to be on the TV. It's a 10 past four kickoff as all those Alba games usually are so if you can get to Excelsior do if you can't then and you're in somewhere where you can watch BBC Alba then have a little look um it's going to be a really good game and the table is just getting it's getting really exciting I think we're all we're all feeling quite positive at the moment we're second in the table if Rangers win tonight which is highly likely playing Aberdeen we're still second in the table which because there's a four point difference, um, and that's then their game in that's their game in hand done, isn't it? We're all then level on games. Yep. Yeah. So it's looking good, isn't it? I mean, Glasgow City are going to play Hearts in the not too distant future as well. That if Hearts could do us a little favour there. Yeah, that I mean that, um, not quite back to back with that Rangers City. You know the two games we have against them coming up. At the end of the month into March, the league table will flip around. You know, it could really be. And if we get two, I mean, touch wood, if we get two wins, we are yeah. flying. Yeah. Um, and then the split is going to be insane. I really do, you know, to, to credit the SWPL, we were annoyed about it at first, how long it was taking, I felt like, before we played like a derby. But these games come in like little clumps. It's so Hollywood, you know, you get <laughs> yeah. these like two weeks of just intensity. Um, and then it's about not making errors around that, which is it's almost like a like a American sport, that kind yeah. of way where it's so hyper focused. Um so it'll be really exciting. I am scared. I am terrified. <laughs> but I think when you look at us being, you know, a point ahead of Rangers after tonight probably, uh, and bang on three points behind City, but huge goal difference advantage over City. I say huge. City could go out and beat Glasgow Women 14 0. Yeah. You you have to go out and hammer teams, you have to. Um, Rangers are a handful behind us so basically nothing because it's the nature of this league yeah. uh, so if we are playing teams that aren't the top two we need to be scoring goals because you do not want to come to the last game of the season or even the split where say we're level on points with Glasgow City in the split or, or Rangers you want to be able to get a draw and know that you're still ahead of them Yeah, and yeah. not have to be worrying about this in the last day it is going to be really exciting. So the split comes kind of just at the start of March. So we play all the 22 fixtures and then we divide the league into the top six and the bottom six. And it is going to be a real thrill. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really happy at this point because I think, again, I think we probably as well thought Rangers were going to be the team that was just going to f- sort of, having won the league last season, having all the resources that they've got at their disposal, and they they had an absolutely flying start. I mean, looking at the table, I'm, they've drawn four games, which really surprises me. <laughs> they remain unbeaten, but they had that flying start, and it just looked like oh, they're just going to walk all over everyone. And 
the fact that everything still feels very possible, I just find really exciting. Yeah, and drawing three out of the last five as well. You know, mm. it's like, it's as you say, the start was so different to now. Mm. Um, you know, maybe players are becoming settled. I don't know, or complacent is the thing. They lost some key players. I think maybe time is told that they haven't replaced them quite as well as they thought they did. Mm. Um, whereas I think Celtic have done a pretty good job of replacing the, the, the talent we lost. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see how we go on without Barisi towards the end of the season. That's going to be huge. Um, but no, it's, it's really, really exciting. And I think... You know, the lack of optimism, not lack of optimism, we're always pretty optimistic, but that summer not going quite how we thought it would, losing some key players, not hearing a lot. Uh, there was a lot of worry from us, I think, that we would kind of slip into third and sit there. Mm, mm. Uh, but no, it's been, you know, we've been, we're right up there, we're very much fighting for it. City have really impressed me. Um, but I'd still, I just always think we can beat City. Uh, so that's good to know. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, do you expect to see some of the new signings on Sunday? I think at least maybe an appearance at some point from Hannah Kerner. Yeah, um, I think Hannah Kerner should probably see the pitch just to see what she can offer before these big games. I think Flint has to get game time now yeah. because she is somebody who could make a big difference in a big game. So you've got the Rangers game coming up. You know where that is. We can roadmap to that. And I think you need to get her on the pitch, see if she fits in, see if she actually improves. Because uh-huh. if she doesn't, if you know, if, if Hannah Flint might be the kind of marquee signing out of these two and out of the January window... But if she's not going to be better for the team than Amy Gallagher and Jacinta playing up top, the two of them, we need to know that yeah, totally. uh, sooner rather than later. Totally. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, I'm going to be at the game. I'm looking forward to it very much. Lorenzo, are you going to be making it or are you going to be watching it on TV? Well, we might be away this weekend on a little celebratory trip, but uh, it's, it's actually looking unlikely. I think we might go to Edinburgh on Saturday instead, so very possibly. Lovely stuff. It would be very nice to see you there. Um Nothing else. I think we're going to just wait, see what happens on Sunday, see if there's any other big news in the next week, which we will be here to discuss. But thank you very much, Lorenzo. Very positive episode. Yeah, very positive. It's so, it's an exciting time. Again, we always say this, but this is an exciting team to be watching right now with the the way the league's set up and it's going to get very hairy and very scary. And um, (laughs) Hairy and scary. I think if people get on board now in particular, as you see this run up to the end of the season, it could be, you know, it could be devastating, it could be heartbreaking, but it could be amazing. Mm. Uh, I think whatever happens, it's going to be really fun. There will be emotions involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been great. He's been Lorenzo Pacitti. I have been Claire Wilde. This has been the Celtic Women's Football Show and we will speak to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>